0: Hey, everybody, it's Dylan James. JT Taylor is joining me virtually. No, not through a Zoom call, through FaceTime audio, which I don't get it, JT. Nobody uses FaceTime audio besides us. (laughs) Well, as I've
1: told you in person, Dylan, uh, the last two and a half months or however long it's been since we've been quarantined, uh, I've used FaceTime a lot more this past two and a half months. That I've used in like my whole life. I very rarely use FaceTime, unless it's like emergency or something. So that's why, like you, i always on FaceTime audio. Just yeah. change it for me. Yeah, and it goes to my car, Bluetooth, everything. But these last two months, half months, man, it's been a different process with Zoom chats and FaceTime and video chats on Instagram and Facebook. You know, it's it is what it is. You know, we gotta see people. Cause us millennials, that's what we do. Yep. You know, we we gotta see people. So, you know, and since Florida's been reopening, you know, I've I've gone out on a few occasions, not to the beach. You're not seeing me at the beach, but, uh,
0: <laughs> but
1: uh, you know, I've been you know going out, you know, to walk around, exercise a lot more, or try to you know get some food here and there, and you know, the grocery stores, you know, be safe. Yeah. But now that I'm returning to work, you know, that makes it a lot more easier on the anxiety. Getting out a little
0: more. Yes, it does. I mean, and you know, like you were saying that millennials like us, we really want to interact with people, We, we really want that that in-person connection. And it's been taken away from us for quite some time because of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic that is hitting this nation, hitting the world right now. Um, and it's been great to see that we're actually starting to open up the country and, and do things that are normal for us so that we can get back to the way things were before. We won't get back to the way things were before a hundred percent because there are still things in place, kind of like an Under Armour, like, you know, you're working in Under Armour now. You have 20% capacity in the store. Only a certain number of people could be in the store at the time, um, compared to the employees you have there. So, I mean, th- there are things in place right now that'll make it to where it'll seem a bit weird at first, but it's only there to help us in the long run. And I think that these things that we're doing are going to be great. Like you said, I mean, this this uh, quarantining that we've been doing in Florida, it's been a great time for us to. Um, get back to the basics a little bit too. I mean, having time with our families, having time with our friends over over Zoom calls, things of that nature, kind of focusing on us for a little bit. And um, I mean, like you, I, I actually got a bike for my birthday and Bailey got me a bike for my birthday, which is fantastic. And so we've been actually riding bikes recently. Um, oh, there uh, you celebration. Go. So I mean, it's, it's great. It's just things like that that we kind of get to take a breather, kind of get to refocus. And now that we're going back to work, um, I, I feel rejuvenized. I mean, it'll be great for us to get back to work. And I think that um, the whole workforce feels the same way as I do.
1: I totally agree with you on that one, Dylan. And as people know now, Disney announced that they're going to plan that the parks open by July, middle of July, July 11th and July 15th. So that's great for a lot of people that are looking to come to Florida and Try to have at least somewhat of a vacation. We know it's going to be different with uh, parks and social distancing and all that, but it's just, uh, like they said, the new normal. Something we're all going to have to get used to. So hopefully we just get through it okay and do what we got to do. And hopefully the quicker we get through it and, you know, the doctors and health experts, you know, find a vaccine and get that all going, we'll quickly, you know, go back to how it used to be. Yeah, well, hopefully soon, but yeah. it will be a while. Like you said, Dylan, it'll Fing- be
0: a while. Fingers crossed that everything gets back to normal um, pretty soon. But like you said, it will take a while. So um, we'll see if that vaccine can pump, get pumped out by the end of the year, like like they're saying in um, government and, and things of that nature. So we'll see what happens. But um, we're here. We're back. Uh, like everyone else going back to work, we're getting back to work as well on this podcast and it's great to be talking to you all once again, um, JT. Uh, other than um, work, what have you been up to recently? Oh, well, I've been busy with
1: my schoolwork. so that's one thing that has helped me got through the quarantine. Is a lot school work, you know, Same. more time to work on it. Same here. And uh, picked a boy. I picked the uh, interesting time for school, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's got me through. I've done a lot of school work through full sale. Uh, full sale. I've been doing my vocal training classes. So I got those done. Uh, I just finished my uh, OBS class. So that was very fun learning the OBS software and using my, for my shows. So I talked about, you know, the NBA Disney world, which we'll talk about later on the show. Talked about some soccer, of course, Talked about some football and MLS. So very, you know, cool topics. The Michael Jordan documentary that definitely got me through this. Watching the last dance. Uh, That was a very, very good show. And, uh, Of course, I've also been, you know, like I said, like a lot of people at home, exercising at home, you know, trying to, you know, take care of myself, you know, clean up everything, sanitize everything, do what I can, talk to friends, whatever you got to do to get through it, you know, that's just a lot of things you have to do, so... It worked out great for me, but Dylan, what's been keeping you getting going the last two and a half months?
0: School as well. Um, we just got done with the spring semester uh, just a few weeks ago. Now I'm in the middle of my summer courses as well. I have two courses right now. Um are six-week periods, and then I have a third course starting in the middle of June as well, so that's going to be a lot of fun going back to work and getting into school class but at the same time you know it's good that i actually have one class i'll be taking care of at that time instead of these two that i'm taking care of right now um it gives me a little bit of time to kind of focus on those and hopefully get done and graduated by the end of next summer which will be fantastic so i'm um, looking forward to that and also you were talking about obs obs is uh the open broadcast software it's um, a system that you can like Uh, record videos and you can stream videos onto Facebook and Twitter and things of that nature as well. So it's a really cool software. If you haven't seen it before, go check it out. Open broadcast software. So um, it is it's really, really good for us because we've been doing some we've done several things with OBS on this show. So we're looking forward to using that knowledge you received, JT, and doing more of that in the future. But let's get into it. Let's talk about the sports because that's what you guys came here for. Let's start with the NFL NFL announced that the facilities team facilities are set to reopen next week depending on state and federal guidelines Um, but at the same time virtual off seasons will continue because most coaches and players and teams things of that nature don't want to go into the facilities until it's absolutely necessary to go and which would be the training camps so how do you think this virtual offseason JT will affect teams going into the season?
1: Well, it's definitely going to affect some teams because remember, as of right now, as of today, May 30th, uh, we do have some markets that aren't fully open. For example, the Bay Area, San Francisco, Santa Clara, the home of the 49ers, they can't play yet. They can't do open facility practice or nothing. And you go up in Chicago, home of the Bears, same scenario. They can't do indoor practice or facility, stuff like that. So, for the NFL, according to the memo they sent a couple of days ago, that they're planning to extend. Uh, the virtual offseason training for another two more weeks, and they're not going to allow coaches and players to return until all the facilities can reopen. So that's kind of what the, what the NFL is waiting. We're not going to have, have some teams come and our teams have wait due to guidelines and uh, federal regulations. So they're going to wait until all the facilities can open. Once that is available, then I think Dylan, how it's going to affect teams is they'll be able to bring coaches, like you said. And then maybe in a few weeks, they could bring in some players. we are not going to be able to bring all of them because of social distancing. <laughs> that's the thing we're going to be doing for a while. But uh, that's going to be the next step for them. It's once they get the coaches, you kind of limit the staff, and then you can slowly bring in some players. So it's going to affect them for a while. But once they get through this process, as you mentioned, with states slowly reopening everything, uh, it should be smooth sailing from there.
0: I mean, I think with the virtual offseason, I mean, it really affects mostly new key components to your team and also new players as in rookie players as well, because I mean, those players do not know the playbook as well as the other players that have already been on the team. So I think that's going to affect teams that were draft heavy this year. Um, I think it's going to help teams like our Tennessee Titans, who pretty much are bringing together the same core of players they had last year, especially on offense. I think offense is a huge is a huge component of this whole thing. Um, defense, yes, you do need to have consistency, but playing on the field in an actual in an actual game, that's when you'll actually build that cohesion. Um, but as an offensive unit, I think that it's great that the Tennessee Titans are bringing together. Pretty much the same exact team they had last year, Um, just added a few extra pieces, but I believe that'll help teams such as the Titans going into the season um, having this different version of the offseason like we've never seen before. So um, we'll see how that affects those teams going into the season, and um, we'll see if the Titans have a leg up and hopefully can make it to the same level they did last year, if not the Super Bowl, because it's going to be in Florida again, and that would be a really good game for us to go to. Um, there are some players out there that are still looking for money, more money in this instance. Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Cowboys, is still looking for a big money contract. However, the Cowboys have offered him already a contract that would pay him $35 million per year. At the end of that contract, however, Dak Prescott's looking for $45 million in the last year of the contract. Do you think that Dak is in the wrong here? Do you think that he is asking too much of the team? Do you think he should just take the offer the Cowboys have already offered him?
1: Well, Dylan, in my opinion, I don't necessarily think this is just a Dak Prescott move. But I also think his agent is kind of trying to draw blood here, trying to get more of the Cowboys. I and mean, let's face it, this is the Dallas Cowboys, one of the richest teams in the NFL. So you think, why are the Cowboys stalling? They got money, just, just pay the man. But I think Dak Prescott is trying to get to when his contract ends, which is 2022, and he can demand more money in the free agency market. Not only that, Dylan, you have to also, also look at players like Patrick Mahomes. We know he just won the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. We know he's going to get a new deal. Uh, Joe Burrow, of course, he's rookie's coming in and getting big money. And I'm sure Dad Proscott is looking at that. Like, Look at how much money these guys are getting. Why can't I get something close to that? I think that's what he's doing. Not only that, Dylan, the Cowboys have until July 15th to try to get a deal done, a long-term contract. Cause right now he's on a franchise tag, I believe, correct?
0: Yeah, I believe so, yes. He's on a franchise <clears throat> tag. But he's not signed the franchise tag yet.
1: Okay, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. So he could still hold out if he doesn't sign it and try to get more money that way. But that that's the way I see it, Dylan. I think it's not just him. I understand he's got to do what's best for him. But I also think his agent's trying to draw shots, try to get more money. And the Cowboys are having... I think the reason why the Cowboys are hesitant to give him a long-term deal, what he's asking for, because of his performance in the regular season, Dylan. The last two seasons, the Cowboys had had opportunities to win the NFC East, get to the playoffs, and they've choked both times. And that's why I think the Cowboys are hesitant to sign to that long deal. But the Cowboys also have to look at, Dylan, look, Tony Romo's gone. The Cowboys know if you let Dak Prescott go to free agency, there's no way they're going to bring him back. There's, there's no way you're going to compete with the money market that teams are going to offer him to bring him back. So if I'm the Cowboys what I, I mean i don't think i think 45 million is a lot but maybe you get a compromise like maybe 40 million 42 million get it close maybe add a few extra years towards the end of that contract that's how you get a deal done and they have to do it soon dylan because they don't i'm telling you right now it's gonna hold out it's gonna look bad and the Cowboys struggle early the season oh man it's it's gonna be bad injury roll so they gotta they gotta do it soon dylan that's why i said what are your thoughts
0: yeah, the deadline, again, like you were saying, is July 15th. So they have until the 15th to actually make this deal happen, um, this contract extension, and hopefully they can by that time. But at the same time, you have to look at Dak Prescott and say, okay, he, he actually did play pretty well last year. Considering the situation around him, I mean, he did have some great players. However, he didn't reach the potential that he should have reached to get over the hump. Uh, I, I think that... I don't think you have to put the whole burden on Dak Prescott's shoulders. I think there are other playmakers there, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, things of that nature, uh, players of that nature, um, that I think can shoulder some bit of the burden here. At the same time, however, I mean, you look at the highest-paid quarterbacks um, based on average salary per year in the league. So you have Seahawks Russell Wilson at number one with $35 million a year, Ben Roethlisberger with 34 million, Aaron Rodgers with 33.5, Jared Goff same contract as Aaron Rodgers, and Dirk Cous- uh, Kirk Cousins at 33 million. Those are the top five paid quarterbacks uh, based on salary per year. Which of those quarterbacks has gone to the Super Bowl over the past few years? The only one that has gone to that level or close to that level was Jared Goff. Jared Goff, yeah. Of those five quarterbacks. So you look at that and you say, okay, do you really want to pay a quarterback like that, like Dak, that much money to make it to where you cannot put pieces around him to actually win games? Do you think that Aaron, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would take a pay cut right now? He's making $33.5 million a year. Let's say he goes in thir- down to $30 million a year. That's $3 million more a year that they can actually pay a wide receiver for him to have.
1: No, that's that's true that's true too, Dylan. And not only that, the Cowboys still have to work out some issues on, on defense. And yeah. remember the, the NFC East, yes, we know the Eagles barely squeaked by the win that division because there was pretty even opportunity between them and the Cowboys. The Redskins, I'm not expecting much from them, and the Giants, who knows? It's gonna most likely come down between the Eagles and Cowboys again for this upcoming season. So no, you're right on that, Dylan. The the Cowboys They need to make a decision on Dak Prescott soon. But, yeah, if they can get him to take a little less and then use the extra money to try to bring some help on the defensive side, this could strengthen the Cowboys to try to compete for not just the playoffs but maybe even the Super Bowl. I mean, look, the Cowboys know their window is open right now. So they got to go for it. If they want to keep stalling on this, it's going to affect them in in future years. And then when the Cowboys are missing the playoffs and their fans are getting mad and what are they doing, then – Everyone's gonna look at Dak Prescott. You can't blame him. He did his best. He's playing okay. But if you're not gonna give him the, the money he wants, and he walks away, you know, you can only blame the Jerry Jones and the Cowboys for that. Yeah, you can be Dak Prescott's fault, They're not gonna blame him. You take the money. Take the money and go.
0: Yeah, all, all I'm saying is I uh, I think <clears throat> you look at the league and, and you look like you look at a guy like Tom Brady, who has, you know, six championship rings, and mm-hmm. he was not the highest paid quarterback in the league. Ever, I don't think he ever hit that mark because that money was spent on pieces around Tom Brady for him to be successful. So at this point, I think Dak should reevaluate things. I, I say take the contract the Cowboys offered you. I mean, at that point, why are you trying to split hairs in the situation by asking for just a little bit more money? Um, I-, I, th- I think that it's preposterous. In my opinion, I think that he's not worth. That kind of money. But if the Cowboys are offering him $35 million, take it.
1: Not only that, I mean, if it's only like, what, an extra $10 million, he's short, I'm sure he can make it up in endorsements. I mean, this is Dallas, Texas. For sure. There's plenty of companies in Dallas I'm sure he can make up endorsement money for.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, so let's go into the teams going into the season that did not make the playoffs last year. Which of those teams do you think will make the playoffs this year?
1: Uh, Well, as far as teams that didn't make the playoffs and then have a shot at making the playoffs, well, there's one that everyone's talking about, but I kind of agree that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really have a good shot at making the playoffs. Now, of course, this is all going to depend on, of course, Tom Brady staying healthy, but Tom Brady's making the commitment. He's out there in practice. You know, in some cases it might be legal and sometimes it might not be. But uh, Tom Brady's out there, you know, practicing with his teammates, trying to learn a system, making an effort. Bruce Arians, we know it's an offensive groove guy. He's going to be able to get the things clicking. They brought out of retirement. They traded, actually, to get Rob Gunkowski from the Patriots to come out of retirement. So <clears throat> if Rob Gunkowski can get the system to play and all that, I think it's going to work very well at Tampa Bay. They got three tight ends but I'm sure they got enough space for all of them. You got Godwin there. I mean, one of the top receivers and you got Mike Evans there as well. So Tampa Bay, they definitely had the offense, the defense, you know, struggled a bit here and there, but you know, the NFC South is going to be a a juggernaut this year. It's not going to be easy because you got, of course, Drew Brees and saints, you got Carolina, Matt rule, you know, offensive coach calling things up there in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater up there as well. And then, of course, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, they had a down year this year, or past season, excuse me. I don't know how they're going to do this past season. They were kind of quiet and free agency, but we'll see uh, in the NFC South. It's going to be a crazy division this upcoming season, Dylan, but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that did not make the playoffs this year because Jameis Winston kept throwing to the other team, I think this year that won't be a problem, and the Bucks will find a way to get to the playoffs.
0: I'm going to go with an AFC team this time. Um, In the AFC North, there is a team that actually did pretty well last year, missed the playoffs barely, but was missing one key component. And that team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that component was Ben Roethlisberger. I think if Ben Roethlisberger would have stayed healthy last year and stayed on the field for that team, I think they would have actually made the playoffs last year. I think they would have made a a wild card run at least. Um, I think the Steelers can, can... push over the edge and go to the playoffs this year. Um, Just simply because having Ben Roethlisberger under center, um, I I think it's a disaster for other teams in the AFC. So I think that Ben will actually take the Steelers to the playoffs this season um, and get them over the hump and actually make them successful once again. Um, Now let's look at the opposite of this. Let's look at teams that made the playoffs last year that will not make the playoffs this year. Which team are you going with?
1: Oh man, there's 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 so many choices that you're trying to decide. But and I was looking at the AFC North too, but <clears throat> I was looking at Baltimore only because <clears throat> you know we know Cincinnati's a good but Cleveland they could push and you mentioned Pittsburgh and I I think it's gonna be hard for AFC North like three teams to make the playoffs. But a team that I'm thinking that <clears throat> made the playoffs, but didn't it? I don't see it's gonna make the playoffs this year. I'm gonna go to the AFC side this time and I'm gonna pick the Buffalo Bills. The reason why I think the Buffalo Bills is because, look, the Bills had to make a late push just to get into the playoffs. But the way they played in that playoff game against Houston, it just didn't look good. And there's been a lot of, you know, angst in that team this offseason. And even though the team's been very quiet, I don't know, you know, if Allen is going to be able to carry this team. You know, I know there's an opportunity in the AFC East. But I'm not sleeping on the Patriots, okay? I am I know Tom Brady's gone, but I think Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel's there, Jason Stidham, he's been doing pretty decent in practice and off-season training. And I think and the Patriots know they can bring anybody from off the street and they make them look good. So I can't discount them. New York Jets, uh, maybe if they can somehow get uh, L- Logan Ryan, maybe that might make a difference for them in their defense. But I'm not sold the Jets. The Miami Dolphins, I think, will improve this year. But if a team that I that made the playoffs last year that's going to be potentially sliding out, I'm looking at you, Buffalo Bills.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm looking at this too. <clears throat> I, I was going to say the Patriots because, I mean, Tom Bra- not having Tom Brady is a huge deal for the Patriots. He has been the glue for that team for many years and it's going to be really really weird to see another quarterback under center there in Boston. But I mean if if I have to look at another team in the in the league that I think will not make the playoffs this year, I think there's one team that might be a a surprise is the Green Bay Packers. I think wow, on the I, I, okay. I think on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, yes, I, you have Aaron Rodgers, but we saw last year that his his wide receiving core was not the best. Okay? He had one may, one target, maybe. Um, I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a really tough time, especially with his coach and his GM not helping him out in the draft by drafting a wide receiver. I, I think that was a terrible decision, having a backup quarterback instead of a wide receiver. And... Within the first two rounds, I, I, I think it was not a good idea for them. I think they're going to struggle this year. I, I, I'm not this, I'm. It's tough for me to say they're going to completely miss the playoffs. I think they're going to they're going to have a tough time making the playoffs uh, because I think the Vikings are just breathing down their neck, and I think the Vikings are a better team overall, especially getting Stefan Diggs in the offseason. But I mean, the Packers. I think I thought gonna,
1: Stephon Diggs. I traded. Did he trade the Buffalo?
0: Not Diggs, I'm sorry. They got um uh they did trade Stefan Diggs, but then they also got the wide receiver, Tajay Sharp, I'm sorry, from, from Tennessee. So uh Tajay Sharp is there now in Minnesota, so he's taking over the spot of Stefan Diggs. Um apparently Stefan was not the best character in the locker room. Apparently he was um a, just, just not a good teammate. Essentially, in that team, and I think that he was ready for a change of scenery, so that's why they, they decided to trade him. But they got Tajay Sharp from Tennessee. I think that he'll do well fitting in the to that role, um, the Stefan Diggs role in the with the Vikings, and it'll give him a do shot think, to actually be successful.
1: Do you think, Dylan, with the Packers, as you mentioned, they drafted Jordan Love, the quarterback who went to Utah State. Do you think this could be like a distraction because we keep hearing rumors that. Maybe Aaron Rodgers, even Brett Favre said, Aaron Rodgers, he ain't going to finish a remake now. He's going to go somewhere else. So I don't know how long he has left in his contract, but do you think that could be a distraction, especially if the Packers are struggling early in the season? I mean,
0: yes, people are going to say it's a distraction. I think he's still going to come out and say, remain calm, chill, relax, Uh, like like his famous (laughs) relax. I think he's going to say relax. I, I, I think at this point, Aaron Rodgers is a pro. Even though it might be in the back of his mind, saying, "Why did they decide to to draft Jordan Love um, and bring him in as competition for me?" I mean, I, I think it was a bad decision by the Packers to do that. But again, they don't want to play; they're not necessarily drafting to win right now, I, which is crazy to say because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you don't want to give him a, a, a weapon to be successful right now they're thinking about the future as well and so i mean at this point i think they kind of see the writing on the wall in the sense that aaron Rodgers might not want to stay with the packers towards the end of his contract i believe his contract is over in 2022 i think it is i believe or he can he can actually get out of his contract in 2022 Uh, i'm trying to figure that out now um but yeah so it you know, I, I think that at, at a certain point, Aaron's saying, "Look, I, I hear you loud and clear. I didn't want to be here when Mike McCarthy was here either because I didn't have a good relationship with Mike McCarthy. So I'm going to see how this plays pans out. I'm not going to just sit on the bench. I, I'm, I'm going to play my game. And at the end of this contract, I think we're just done. And I, I, I agree with Brett Far. <clears but throat> I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay to finish his career.
1: So according to Spotrac. Aaron Rodgers' contract, he has a four year left in his contract, four years left in his deal, but he can opt out <clears throat> after the twenty twenty one season. So next year, after next year.
0: Which I, I could see that happening. I could see it happening. I mean it looks like the yeah, the, the potential out is
1: uh Yeah, his current contract goes to twenty twenty four, but he ain't gonna wait till forty
0: and just retire. No, no, no he's not I, no. He's I, not. I think
1: twenty twenty one after that's next year, next season. Is when he'll leave and go elsewhere.
0: I agree, um, and we'll talk about more about that too, as to where he'll go. Because you know, it's it's two years out as of right now. So I mean, we can't even. Um, I I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Nevertheless, happen two years from now. I mean,
1: who, who knows? Maybe after this upcoming season, maybe Green Bay might decide. You know what? Let's let's try to trade him, get something for him. And, you know, see how that works. They could do that, too.
0: Depending on the success of Love, depending on how he's developing, that could very well happen. He might just walk into the office and say, hey, guys, trade me. I I don't want to be here anymore. Um, Which I wouldn't put that past Aaron Rodgers. Um, He's a very confident guy. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, you you just can't do this to him. I mean, he he needs weapons to be successful now. He will bring you a championship to Green Bay with Matt LaFleur. I, I, I promise if you give him weapons, him and Matt LaFleur will team up to win a Super Bowl in the next three years. And, and that's that's why it was so puzzling to me when I saw that they decided to go with a backup quarterback instead of giving him a, an option at wide receiver in the draft. It was weird, uh, but life goes on, I guess. So, a good thing is, it wasn't the Titans. Titans are set at quarterback, and we don't have to worry about any of that. Um, for at least another few years. So that's good. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Um, Will the league play this fall without fans? I know college football has been talking about this a lot, and it's looking like it's probably going to be the case that they won't have fans for college football. But by the time the NFL starts, do you think there will be fans in the stands?
1: Well, I believe the NFL starts after Labor Day, Mike. Correct. So that's that week. So I'm thinking, Dylan, that the NFL. I mean, in my opinion, I can't see a scenario where the NFL will be able to play fan with fans in the fall, at least as of right now, with everything going on. And I know in Texas they announced, that, hey, we're gonna uh, Texas teams play, and they can capture capacity at 25. But that's gonna be a huge issue for the NFL because you can't have some teams allow fans. And then other teams that can't just can't because they're losing out of money. They, they they have no money. And lucky for the NFL, they got a TV deal. So they can spread that around with share the revenue to help these teams out a bit to get by. So, yeah, I just don't see a deal. If, if college football ain't playing with no fans, I can't see the NFL playing with no fans. Now, of course, the NFL season is only, what, three months away from now. So things could change. Maybe. Things might be better by September, and maybe they could have some fans. I don't know. But as of right now, everything I see, I don't see it happening.
0: I mean, with me, I think that, like you said, things can happen. We have three months until this whole thing will start. And at a certain point, I mean, I think that we're going to get back to a certain certain level of normalcy. Um, I think capping a certain number of capa- like a certain percentage of capacity for these stadiums, will be a good idea. I, I think that would be the most feasible way for them to do this. I, I think that that would actually work. Um, so I mean, it's it's just it's very weird to try to visualize either the NFL or college football having zero fans in the stands. I mean, I, I just I-, I cannot see it, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's something. Um, that we're going to see a cap. Like you were saying before, the 25% capacity. I think something like that could be feasible, especially in in late August, early September, compared to just not having fans at all. And we would see it gradually increase throughout the season, especially if there's not a secondary wave of this virus that goes through. Um, I I think that it can happen. It's just a matter of if it will happen. Um, And that's still up for debate.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, Dylan, we just have to wait and see. Like I said, three months. Things can change from now. So hopefully by then, with most states opening up and these stadium sports coming back, as they are right now, uh, I would love to watch TV with some fans. I would love to. It's going to be weird watching. I'm having a hard time watching soccer with no fans, but they're playing noise to the PA system. I don't want that for NFL games.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, and also the Falcons got in trouble for that a few years ago when they were piping in (laughs) fan noise um, to their stadium during games. So that'll be kind of interesting to follow. But, I mean, that's a good alternative, I guess. I guess they could, you know, have a a massive Zoom call and just have the audio from those fans just blaring through the speakers. I think that would be a great idea.
1: Yeah, they can do that at Jacksonville at
0: Everbank Field with their (laughs) – giant jumbo john screen <laughs> exactly i mean i think i think it'd be just just normal it'd be normal anyway yeah, but that'll
1: be interesting they, they'll attest the creativity of fans and i've seen it with soccer i'm sure they could do it with football with zoom chats or they're doing uh cardboard cutouts of fans and other stuff so we'll have to see
0: yeah uh let's move on college football hall of fame in atlanta was damaged by protesters last night during the protests of the George Floyd situation that occurred in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, although the gift shop was looted, no artifacts were stolen from the museum, which is a good thing, so um, that is very good for um, College Football Hall of Fame, especially with the artifacts. However, having that damage still is not a very good situation uh, for the the NCAA.
1: Yeah, Dylan, as we, you mentioned, you know, uh, this the protests going on, you know, it's with the the George Floyd situation. Uh, And and understandably with the protest, you know, it's uh, an unfortunate situation with everything that that happened. But, uh, you know, uh, I totally understand with the situation, the protests doing peaceful protesting. And uh, it's unfortunate for the college football hall of fame that, you know, their, their building got damaged, but this is stuff, you know, we've seen across the country. Thankfully, you know, they didn't lose like any, major artifacts or anything, but um, and I know the Atlanta mayor talked about that situation last night and expressed her thoughts. And I just think, Dylan, <clears throat> that, you know, I totally understand with the protesters, you know, with everything going on, you know, they have to fight the protests and, you know, that situation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate that that happened. But, you know, with people being angry with the situation, I, I, I totally understand how that happened. But for college football, you know, Hopefully they can just get the stuff all taken care of and they'll be able to move on. But like I said, Dylan, this is a situation with uh, George Floyd that we've seen in sports. A lot of athletes have talked about it. And I just think, Dylan, that this is not a topic that's going to go away anytime soon. And it's not, speaking of Minnesota, this is not the situation that we saw in Atlanta. But this could affect teams like the NHL looking at Minnesota for hub cities down the road. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, but. We're seeing it from both sides. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, we are for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's affecting all of us. Um, and we definitely our hearts are out there for the Floyd family and the situation that occurred there. Um, you know, we, we have to wait for justice. Justice will come. Um, I know in this day and age, we're used to seeing results instantaneously. Um, but unfortunately, things like this, we, we just have to wait and see and wait out the justice system and see how it pans out. Um, But yes, our, our hearts and prayers are for um, everyone affected in this whole situation. It's, it's a very tragic situation and um, we will be there um, waiting for justice to prevail um, as we continue. Um, Let's move on to basketball, The the NBA, they've actually been in talks with the Walt Disney Resort, which is fantastic for us to, to host the remainder of the NBA season. And Adam Silver came out saying that it would start at the earliest July 31st. That's their target date is July 31st here at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex, which would be huge for um, the state of Florida, huge for the league as well, um, and huge for Disney too.
1: I totally uh, agree, Dylan. Uh, I
0: know Disney was looking at Orlando and
1: Las Vegas, and they chose Disney. And the reason they chose Disney was because, of of course, the NBA has a relationship with Disney, obviously, and Disney has a relationship with ESPN, so it all kind of goes hand-in-hand. Also, you know, they have hotels, the facilities, the ESPN Wild World Sports Complex, they're used to hosting big sporting events like this, and of course, with hotels, transportation, even for the players to get around. Uh, I know, well, the players, at least their initial concern has been about testing, but the NBA feels confident that they can get enough comprehensive testing for all the players involved. And as far as the format, you know, they're going to use, it looks like they're going to go with uh, a 22-team regular season format. And I think that's fair for everybody uh, because you have the 11 teams in the East and 11 teams in the uh, Western Conference. And those teams that are like 11 through 8, you basically give them an option to play in, like qualify, try to get into the the playoffs – and then the other teams, you know, once that gets going, goes from there. So to me, Dylan, it's it's a win-win for the NBA. They're able to finish their season, even if it's going to be later. But the NBA has kind of talked about starting the season later and ending it later. So it could work out to their benefit.
0: Yeah, it could. I mean, there have been owners talking about – even potentially having a December start for NBA, um, which is a little too late for me. But I mean, at a certain point, they're they're looking at different ways to maximize the coverage of the NBA um, while they're not being challenged by other sports out there. And so, I mean, NBA is trying to find alternatives, and they were kind of forced into this alternative like all other sports were. Um, But the format should be voted on on Thursday by um, the Board of Governors. They're looking at uh, doing the two twenty two team regular season format, um, which would be which would mean that teams would play eight games apiece, piece, um, have a play in tournament to determine eighth seed in each conference, and then from there have the sixteen team. Uh, I mean, sixteen teams as the playoff format there inside of um, this whole plan. So I I think it's a great way too. I think it's a great way to keep the interest up especially with the teams that were involved um, in the 8th seed through the 11th seed as of right now in the Eastern Conference you have Orlando Magic which are in the 8th seed which is great for the city. Um, you have Washington Wizards, you have the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls as well and on the Western Conference side, you have the Memphis Grizzlies, Portland Trail Blazers, New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. So Having like players like Zion Williamson uh, from the Pelicans, having uh, players like uh, Jay Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, having those kind of players in this tournament is is great for the league. It's great for them too to get exposure, um, and I, I think it just it adds even more revenue to what they were expecting to get uh, if they continue the season this way. So I think it's great for them. Um, I, I do agree with um, Damian Lillard. He came out saying, "Look, if." If it's something that I think it's worth playing, I'll play. But if it's not worth playing, if I don't have a shot, then I'm not going to play at all. I don't think it's worth my time playing if I don't have a shot at something. So, I mean, having this format, I think it will give teams something to look forward to, something to play for, and it'll be very exciting to watch. And the NHL has a similar plan, too. They were the first ones to come out with their plan um, last week, but we'll talk about more about that um, in the next segment. So NBA is looking forward to starting. Um, and it looks like this whole process will begin very shortly. I believe Adam Silver said he's announcing the reopening plan next week and they should be opening up. I think they've been having small practices, um, just individual practices with players at different facilities um, so far. So it'll be interesting to see teams back on the court.
1: No, I agree, Dylan, and I definitely am excited, especially since we're in our backyard here at Disney. Uh, Definitely excited to to see the NBA come to town, and who knows? Maybe I might see LeBron James somewhere at Disney Springs. Who knows? So it could be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, really cool. Um, Okay, let's move on to hockey now in the NHL. The NHL came out, Gary Bettman came out and announced his reopening plan, which will be a 24-team playoff And in this situation, there would be the top four seeds from each conference would play each other in a round-robin situation. So um, they would all play each other once, and whoever has the best record out of the four would be the number one seed, and then they would go from number two, three, four seed um, respectively. And then the other teams, five through 12, would play each other in a best-of-five game series series. In a bracket sort of format to play into the playoffs. So once that's over, um, they would play into the playoffs and then they would be able to recede from there when it comes to um, the series and whatever. So JT, what do you think about this format? What do you think are the pros and cons of this format in the first place?
1: Well, Dylan, I mean, as a fan, I, I like it. I, I think the, the format's great considering the circumstances uh, I like that my Capitals get to play for a top seed and basically have a scrimmage for a few games to try to get the top seed. But something to play for, so that's great. And then the teams ranked 5 through 12, they had to go through a qualifying round. But best of three, you know, or I'm sorry, best of five, excuse me. And then um, you would get, try to get into the 16-team the, the uh, playoff. So I think that's really cool. Uh, it's going to be different compared to what we're used to watching, 16-teams. And the NHL still has a few things to work out. So, obviously, with the cons, you know, the NHL has to decide once we get to a 16-team format, is it going to be best of five or best of seven? We know the Stanley Cup Final. We know the East and West Coast, uh, Western Conference, excuse me, championships will be best of seven. But the round one and round two of that 16-team tournament, will it be best of five or best of seven? The other thing the NHL has to decide, Dylan, is... Are they going to recede after each round? Because remember, the NHL playoffs before, they never recede. It was just a bracket. You go straight to the bracket until you get to the Stanley Cup. So that's going to be an interesting wrinkle they'll have to figure out. Um, And of course, they also don't have to decide the the hub cities. They got a bunch of hub cities to decide for them, but they got to pick two within the next three to four weeks. And as far as teams, not everyone's happy about this, Dylan. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes were two teams that voted no on this proposal. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I can understand because after what happened last year, you know they were a top seed in the Eastern Conference, and then they get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're probably concerned. Oh no, if we have to play another hot team. We can get swept again in the playoffs. And in Carolina's case, I can understand because when the season ended back in March 12th, they were in a wild card spot. So unfortunately for the Carolina Hurricanes, Dylan, they got to play the New York Rangers in the this qualifying playoff round.
0: A very hot a team. team yeah.
1: Uh, that's swept them. They beat them four times this season. So Carolina, they are nervous right now, especially after the great run they went in the NHL playoffs last year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Carolina is shaking in their boots when it comes to this this format because the Rangers are a very good team, and you see their goaltender. I mean, the biggest thing is is in this kind of format, especially being off for so long, these teams are going to rely a lot on their goaltending. And having Henrik Lundqvist in goal for the Rangers against the Carolina Hurricanes in this play-in format, I think it's going to be huge for that team. And, I mean, also, you're not you're not talking about the offensive playmakers they have on that team. Um, I, I think that the Rangers are just going to be a handful for the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. So I understand that they're upset. But at the same time, this is an unprecedented situation. And we couldn't have imagined this happening anywhere at any time. So I think that, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And I think this is the best format they could have chosen. I, I think that, you know, I, it to me, the top four seeds, having a round-robin tournament and determining seeding and such, I understand Tampa Bay's, uh, you know, their, their understanding of this whole thing as well. I mean, I think that... It sucks for them that they were number one. They were the number two seed, and now they could lose it. I mean, Boston is the same way. They were number one seed. They could lose that as well to a team that was either three or four. So, I mean, it, it's like my Capitals is is four right now. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think that you know, listen, it's not going to be a perfect bracket. You can't make everybody happy. I think this is the best way they could do it and the most fair way they could do it. Um, but we'll just have to see how it how it shakes out in the very end. But like you were saying, hub cities. Um, there are several cities being considered. I believe they're narrowing this list down, hopefully, in the next few weeks, um, closer to the playoff series format because they want to find a city that isn't going to be a hot spot for the COVID 19 virus, which is completely understandable. So let's look at those cities. They have Chicago, Columbus, um, Dallas, Edmonton, Alberta, Las Vegas, Los Angeles. Minneapolis, St. Paul, which it's not going to happen there. I I mean, I think I could pretty much say it's probably not going to happen in those two cities, considering what's happening right now with the George Floyd situation. I'm not really sure um, how that will pan out, especially with the safety of players. I don't know if that's going to be the best place for them to go, but we'll see how it goes. Um, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. So there are three Canadian cities that are involved. And then you have the rest American cities. Um, So there was a question about, are you going to be choosing um, one from the West, one from the East? Are you gonna be choosing two Western cities or two Eastern cities? Uh, They said that everything is still on the table. Gary Bittman came out and said everything's still on the table. So um, we'll find out more as it gets closer, which cities those are going to be. It'll be very interesting to find out which cities are going to be chosen. Um, But I'm upset that Tampa Bay wasn't considered. I mean, they were considered at first, but they're not on the short list, which that's upsetting to me. Um, I'm not sure why it wasn't, but I believe they, uh, the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning came out and said it was probably because of the the lack of um, of locker room space for 12 teams altogether, which is completely understandable. So that might be the reason why. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what cities are chosen for this. And it'll it's a really, really interesting format. I think that it'll be very fun to watch for fans. And, um, the players are just going to have to, you know, hit the ground running essentially in this, in this situation, because a best of five series, it goes by quick and it's not like a best of seven series where you might have an off game and say, Oh, it's, it's all right. I'll make up for it. You know, we have game six and seven just in case, no, a game of five, uh, best of five series. I mean, you have to win every single game, hopefully. Um, and if you, if you lose any momentum, then it's, it's lights out for you. Yeah,
1: Dylan, well, for the Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, San Jose Sharks, New Jersey Devils, and the Buffalo Sabres, they have plenty of time to watch some hockey over <laughs> the summer because they're not playing. Exactly. And, uh, they'll be in this unique draft lottery. It's going to be two phases. So when the NHL Commissioner Gary Benton was talking about I thought it was really, really interesting because you're going to go through two phases, but you got the Kings and Ducks, who the other teams aren't missing the playoffs. Uh, right. They still are going to end up having the best chance to try to get the the number one pick, so I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting as well. And uh, Dylan says we're still talking about the playoffs. Uh, what do you think about your Predators? You're going to be playing the um, uh, Arizona Coyotes, who are going to oh. be wearing those kitchen, uh jerseys when they return to play. Yeah, we're going to win. But your chances? We're going to win. We're going to win. Yeah, we're going okay.
0: to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not even going to go in any further into it. We're going to win. It's fine. Um, a- Arizona, they're a good team. Um, however, I think the National Predators have refocused in this time that we've had off, um, and I think that their their true colors will shine going into the playoffs this year, and I think that they'll be overmatched um, against the Arizona Cardinals. So I think the Arizona, Car- I mean, sorry, Arizona Coyotes, um, <laughs> I, I was thinking football for a little bit. Um, yeah, the Coyotes, I think they don't have a shot. I really don't. So we'll see if that actually happens. I mean, that's just that's my wishful thinking, but I really think the National Predators will have a great shot at winning that series and um, playing into the playoffs this year. So what about your Washington Capitals? How do you guys think about, where do you think you'll end up in the seeding going into the playoffs?
1: Oh, well, knowing the Capitals, Dylan, we'll probably be stuck as a two or three seed. And uh, Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's like five right now. So chances are... We could play Pittsburgh in the very, very first round or we could play later if they receive, which is what I'm hoping for as a fan. The NHL does this way. We don't have to worry about Pittsburgh to like the Eastern Conference championship round. But we'll see. I, I mean, The Capitals will I think will be a two or three. Team. We're not going to get number one. That's for sure not happening. And then whoever we're going to play, I, it's it's just going to probably be one of the hot teams. Maybe the Islanders, maybe um, the Rangers. I mean, who knows? Of course, the Rangers give me nightmares, but you know we'll see, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. But I think the Capitals are gonna be fine. I'm not saying we're gonna win the Stanley Cup, but I'm thinking for sure second round, at least a third round. We'll see, Dylan. Like I said, we've been off the NHL. Seems like well, sports have been off for two and a half months, so it's, you, all the forms out the window. Everything's you know even at this point, and we're just gonna have to watch and see them figure it out. Hopefully, I guess whoever gets high as a goalie ends up winning the championship. That's basically how it always comes down in hockey, right?
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but Phase 3, which will be training camps for these teams, won't begin any time before July 10th. So at least July 10th, um, that is the first date the training camp could resume. So we'll see if that actually happens, and we'll see if this, this format actually plays off, pays off for um, the league and also the players and the fans. So... We'll see how it goes, um, which would mean that the start of this whole, this whole process would be August 1st, would be the first game we would see on the ice. So i um, looking very much forward to that. So let's move on to the MLB. They're having some issues with the MLB and the Players Association when it comes to negotiating how the season will begin. Um, they're talking about giving the players another pay cut, and the players are refusing to agree. Yeah, so, and this is
1: uh, an unfortunate situation for baseball fans like me and you. And uh, look, in my, my opinion, the MLB – uh, the Major League Baseball initially proposed we want to do a, a pay cut, we want to do 82 games, and we're going to split the revenue 50-50. But that's still very difficult because there's no fans. You can't you can't play with no fans. And originally they were going to try to do Arizona and Florida. That didn't work out. Then they said, okay – Let's play in our home stadiums, but just with no fans. And then the Players Association turned around and said, no, here's our account proposal. We want to play more games, about 100 to 110 games, and we don't want to take a pay cut. And the unfortunate situation for me, Dylan, is, look, the NBA is coming back, looks very likely to come back. The NHL announced their plans to come back, okay? NASCAR is back already, okay? And you even got Major League Soccer making plans to, to come back and play tournament games in Orlando. So I don't understand why you right now have this battle between millionaires and billionaires, and you can't come to an agreement to try to play the salvage of the season. Because that's what's happening, Dylan. And if they can't come to an agreement anytime soon because they want to play by July 4th, I believe, and the deadline's probably in a couple weeks, if they can't get this thing worked out, we may not have baseball this season, Dylan. And if they have no baseball, that's the last thing you want for Major League Baseball. You don't play any games, okay, because of the virus, but also because you can't go to Grant to play games while other leagues like the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL are playing found ways to play games. Then you go into 2021, okay, and people fans are gonna be upset. Like, why don't I watch baseball? You guys couldn't play while everybody else played, and that's gonna really hurt the game. And I think though in the CBA for baseball expires, I think at the end of next season. And that's just like a double whammy right there. So, Major League Baseball, they can't afford that, let this happen, squ- this deal squabble. I think they're going to have to f- figure out a compromise. Okay, maybe a small pay cut, not m- much, but they got to find a way to play Dylan just because that's the most likely scenario that's going to happen, Dylan, if they choose not to play. But what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, my thoughts. I mean, I think that the MLB needs to realize that it's better to at least play the game right now in this situation. Than to try to force players to take another pay cut on top of what they were already getting cut i I think that you know the players have the right to refuse this i I, I think that they're in the right here when it comes to listen we 've already taken a pay cut i I know it's a, a difficult situation, but let's do what we agreed upon before, which is a fifty fifty split of the revenue that comes in for the season. And let's go from there. I I think that greed is setting in for the owners in this situation and the MLB. I think that they're not putting into consideration, let's just get baseball out there. Let's just start the game. Let's play the game. And this will all fall into place. I, I think that people are willing to spend money to get back into these games. And once fans are able to get into the stands, they're going to have revenue coming in. I I think that TV revenue is going to be huge for them. They're going to get revenue coming in at the stadiums. I think that everything will work out just fine. It's just get back to the game. Uh, I think they just need to just do that and... You know, the players association isn't even coming out asking for financial information from the league, talking about how much they make, um the owners make in a season, things of that nature. The owners are saying no, we're not gonna do that because they don't want to show these players how much they're actually making off of the game. But, you know, at a certain point, there's not a, you're not losing enough money to make it worth losing an entire MLB season.
1: Oh no, I totally agree with that, Dylan. And one thing I just wanted to add real quick was you know, baseball, you know, their future is kind of at stake right now because you're hearing on the other news about, you know, staff, I of the Boston Red Sox, that they've been furloughing staff and minor league baseball players who aren't having a season right now. They're getting cut. They're getting on unemployment right now because yeah. they're, they're not playing. So to me, I just want to see baseball come back as quickly as possible. So this way you get the employees to come back, work, you know, minor league baseball players kind of can work, get a job, and then, you know, go from there. But I agree. Baseball needs to come back, try salvage season like everybody else. Even if it's like a tournament. Okay, maybe you don't have a World Series this year, but you just have uh, a tournament and you pay the, the team a bunch of money, whoever wins the tournament, and maybe not take a salary cut at all, pay cut at all, whatever. Something to make it salvageable for the players. But, yeah, Dylan, uh, anything else you want to add uh, to that?
0: I mean, baseball needs to be played. Plain and simple. It's America's pastime still. Even though I like hockey and and football more, I still think baseball is America's pastime. I think it's a great sport to watch. It's a great sport to listen to on the radio. And listen, we are resorting to watching Korean baseball on ESPN right now (laughs) because we don't have our own baseball happening. So at a certain point, I understand that there are disputes, but let's put those aside. Let's play the game. And everything will work out financially. Let's just stick with the original plan we had and everything will be just fine. But let's move on to our segments and JT's favorite segment of every show. JT's soccer recap. Football recap of the week. JT, the microphone's all yours. Thanks, Dylan. As always, you
1: know, it's been a very long time, but I'm happy to bring back the football recap of the week. And in case you've been following some European soccer, the Bundesliga came back. They are two weeks in and well, you we haven't missed much because the big game that happened earlier this week. Their classicer between FC Bayern München and Borussia Dortmund, and Bayern Munich won this game one nothing, and they currently hold after winning their game today five 0 over Dusseldorf, ten uh, point lead in the Bundesliga race. Now Dortmund does play tomorrow against SC Paderborn, but the race in the Bundesliga is pretty much over because Dortmund is not able to catch them up to Bayern Munich, and. The race is over. Bundesliga is going to go to Bayern Munich. Now, Bayern Munich is still in Champions League, which won't start until August. But we'll see if they can make a run there. Uh, Other soccer leagues that have announced this week that they're coming back, uh, La Liga. In Spain, they announced that they're going to return to play on June 11th. The English Premier League in England, they announced that they're going to return to play with their first match being on June 17th between Manchester City and Arsenal. And over in Italy, Serie A, they announced that they have got government approval from the Italian government and with the safety measures in place and a backup plan, just in case some teams can't play, Syria A clubs can return to play starting on June 20th. So we're, it's good to see that European soccer is coming back and hopefully we can get some soccer here in MLS in America come back soon. And speaking of MLS, according to the Athletic, they just announced today the Major League Soccer Players Association has agreed to Major League Soccer's proposal to send to a restart. MLS, which MLS proposal is they're going to, as of right now, because they had to revise it, but they're going to have their teams straight in the home markets. And then on June 24th, Dylan, all the major league soccer teams will be coming to Orlando at Disney world to play at the ESPN wild world sports complex. They will play at soccer marathon at the marathon soccer fields, and they will play three games in a group stage. And then those teams that were eliminated, go back home. The teams remaining will play in a knockout tournament. The winner will get some prize money and possibly a spot in the CONCACAF Champions League. And then those games will count towards the regular season. And then, of course, hopefully if stadiums will back up, they'll be able to finish the season during the fall. But with that, that will conclude my football recap of the week.
0: That'll be great, having some sports on. I mean, everything is getting back to normal slowly but surely. And having sports in our lives is something that will... Help tremendously with just everyone's psyche. You know, I mean, I, I sports fans just want to see sports. And if that's a bit of normalcy that we can have, we'll take it. I think that that's fantastic. So let's move on to winners and losers. JT, I'll start with yours first, sir.
1: All right, Dylan. So my winner this week is going to be Liverpool FC. Now, yes, I, I'm a Manchester United fan. I, I'm not a big, obviously, Liverpool's our rival. But, of course, Liverpool fans... Should be very excited because now the Premier League is coming back, Liverpool is going to win the English Premier League title. We already know that. Man United fans have seen that they're going to win it. But for Liverpool, this is a big deal, Dylan, because they haven't won a championship in the Premier League in over 30 years. So this will be the first major title in the Premier League. And now that they're not going to avoid the season, they're going to win that title. So That's congrats to awesome. Liverpool FC. They're going to win it whenever that happens, <laughs> in June, July, whenever. <laughs> but my illusion this week is going to be league on. Because as I mentioned in my football recap of the week, the Bundesliga, Germany, Syria, Italy, Ing- uh, Premier League, La Liga, uh, England, excuse me, and then La Liga is Spain. Those are the four European leagues. They're going back to play. But what happened to France Dylan, ligon Ligue 1? They chose to void the season, not play, because at the time, the French president said, we're not going to have any fans play games until September. And this was like three weeks ago when they made that announcement. So Ligue 1 decided, okay, well, we can't play we're just going to cancel the season. We're going to give PSG uh, the title. And then the top, the bottom two teams, Amiens and Tolu, are going to get relegated to the League Dome. So they didn't, they chose not to play. But now these European soccer leagues are coming back. Everyone in France is like, uh, why are we not playing? All the other big leagues are playing. Why we chose not to play? And now we got to wait till September. And what's going to happen to PSG? They're still the Champions League. And they're not going to be able to play games until August. I guess for them, at least they'll be well-rested when they play all the other teams. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what League on, they I felt if League on waited a little longer, they could be playing just like their other rival leagues. But that's my winners and losers. Dylan, who are your winners and losers this
0: week? I have two winners. My first winner is the sport of Cornhole because they have been getting so much coverage on ESPN recently. It is absurd. Um, I'm glad that Cornhole is at the forefront of the sports world right now. Everyone's getting exposed to it. It's a great... I mean, it's great to watch. I I love the sport of cornhole. I love to play it myself. Um, So that's really good for them. They're one of my winners. My second winner is NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. He's done a great job during this entire process to try to get this reopening strategy into play. And they were great in the fact that they got their reopening process announced before anyone else did. Before the NBA, before the MLB... Before anyone else did, Gary Bettman stood up and said, you know what, NHL is coming back, and here's how we're doing it. So kudos to Gary Bettman and the whole NHL crew. Um, can't wait to not see only you guys. That, Dylan,
1: not only that, Dylan, I was going to chime in real quick and say they also got an agreement with the NHL Players Association before they made that announcement, exactly that's really smart exactly. because nobody else yeah.
0: has done that yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I think that we've heard we heard leaks from other leagues. We really, really didn't hear a leak from the NHL um, while the NHL was uh, was trying to figure out what was going to happen. Um, we just heard it when they were negotiating it with the players' association. Which is fantastic. Um, Both sides came to an agreement very quickly. And now we'll see the return of hockey hopefully within the next month and a half. Month, month and a half. Something like that. um, Which will be great. Um, My loser is Greed. Because we're seeing a lot of that, especially in the MLB story, having these owners and having the league itself um, just worried about just getting more money. I, I think that we see that a lot in sports and a lot in other industries as well. But in this situation, I think that need, greed needs to be set aside. We need to come to terms with the with the situation we're in right now and just play the sport of baseball. I think the players want to get back. The coach want to get back. The league wants to get back as well. But I think they just need to put aside, listen, we're not going to make as much as we thought we were going to. That's fine for this year. This year is a wash in that situation. Let's get back to baseball and figure it out moving forward before this collective bargaining agreement happens next year, um, which in worst case scenario, we could just not see baseball in its... For, in its form right now um, until late next year, which would be absolutely catastrophic for the league. So hopefully it gets back soon, and hopefully both sides can come to an agreement. Um, let's move on to final thoughts. JT, what do you have for us?
1: Well, Dylan, uh, as you we've known since the last time we were on the show, uh, we did a, sh- a podcast show in January. Uh, the yeah, XFL it's been a while. Around.
0: It's been a while. The Yeah.
1: Xf- the, the XFL was around, and then, of course, the XFL had to close everything because of COVID-19, and then, of course, Vince McMahon had put that league in bankruptcy, and Oliver Luck got fired and all this stuff, and we just thought the league was done, right? Well, apparently, when Vince McMahon decides to put the league in bankruptcy, everyone was speculating, oh, Vince McMahon's doing that to save money. Now he's going to bid for the league again, buy it back, and bring it back in 2021. But Vince McMahon denied those rumors and said, that is not true, I am not bidding to rebuy the league, It's going to go to whoever wins the bid. So, according to the article I read on NBC Sports Network this week, they said the league has like currently over 30 bidders. But one of the bidders that's bidding Dylan apparently is Disney. Disney, which owns ESPN, of course. And if you think about this, of course, ESPN only has uh, the NFL, but they only have Monday Night Football and then like one playoff game a year. So, ESPN thinks if they can add... They've been building content on their ESPN Plus side anyways, but they can get another football league like the XFL, which did pretty well on ESPN for its ratings. They can add that league to its profile and be exclusively just ESPN. They don't have to share with uh, Fox. So I think it's a very interesting development. The deadline is July... I believe it's July 30th. So we will have to wait and see how that plays out, Dylan, but it's just... Interesting that the XFL, we all thought was dead, but may have some lifeline and could be back by 2021. But that's my final thoughts. Dylan, what is your final thoughts?
0: Wow. Um, I agree with you there. I, th- I think the XFL definitely would be great to come back. I think it was a great sport to watch. I think that it was unfortunate the whole coronavirus thing happened. That was probably the death of the XFL. Um, but yeah, it's great to see. I-, I can't believe Disney's involved, but we'll see how it goes um, in the next month or so. But my final thoughts, just to get back to normal, let's just do what everyone's telling us to do. Let- let's let's you know wear masks, uh, wash your hands, just... Stay healthy, um, follow the social distancing guidelines, and let's get back to sports. Sports in, in this day and age will be a lifeline for us. I, I think that once we follow these guidelines and we listen to these doctors and, and healthcare professionals about the situation, um, I think it will just get us back to sports that much quicker. And look, you don't want to miss out on college football or on the NFL or, or things like that. I mean, the things that they're telling, telling us to do It makes sense. It's common sense. So just wash your hands, be good to one another, and let's get sports back on as quickly as possible. Um, Those are my final thoughts. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on social media all over. So we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Twitter, we're on Instagram. Uh, OOB podcast is our, our handle there. We're going to be doing more, more things on Instagram over the next few weeks, as well as we gear back up, uh, for the show. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's Dylan James underscore FL. You can follow me on Facebook or on Twitter. Dylan underscore James, uh, JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You guys can follow me on
1: Twitter at JT 88. That's at JTS O C K a 88. You can follow me on Instagram at JT soccer sports. And you can also email me.
0: It's gt at out of podcastcom You can also email me as well. I almost forgot about that too. Dylan at out of podcastcom Email us with comments, questions, um, things you want to hear on the show. We are more than happy to um, do some things you guys want to do as well. Uh, we're always listening to you guys make the show as, as good as it possibly can be. Uh, thank you so much for listening once again. We look forward to hosting more of these podcast shows um in the near future i know that we're just tra- we're getting gearing back up um with the podcast and also with work and such as well as the world reopens for the united states um we'll see how that goes jt any final uh words before we leave no guys just uh just echo what you said dylan you know stay safe you know
1: wash your hands you know please do social distancing and uh look that va- look forward to being back with you guys again hopefully soon
0: Yeah, I agree. Thanks once again, guys, and we'll talk to you next time.